Welcome to Green Focus, a new podcast that aims to discover and showcase transformative Israeli green technology in order to understand it better and help leverage this technology to make a positive impact on our planet. Each episode will take a fresh look at the innovation and business impact happening in the green tech sector with guests including VCs, founders, technologists, and climate activists. In these conversations, we aim to discuss the pathways for leveraging cutting-edge innovation to attract investment and do business globally. And now, introducing the host of Green Focus and CEO of Focus IP, Yaron Damelin. Limo, welcome to another episode of the Green Focus podcast. It's a place where uh, we're trying to discover transformative Israeli technologies and how we can kind of leverage them and get them out to the world. I, I approach this one from a perspective of IP and IP management and how to take IP as a tool to leverage technology. But essentially, we're trying to get inside the heads of new transformative technology. Okay, so I'll quote you formally, the Deputy Executive Director of the Bird Foundation. Um, the Bird Foundation has been active for a long time and you've been there for a while. So you've seen a lot of stuff. Uh, you've seen a lot of corporations, um, you've seen a lot of technology sectors and areas. Um, and so obviously what I would grab my uh, vision, um, you know, when I was looking for, a, for the most amazing, uh, you know, guest for my podcast, I was thinking not only is bird such an important part of the landscape, but you've got a whole new green focus. You've got a whole section that, you know, that relates to, to green technologies. I'm just looking over here. Um, you've uh, bird now in terms of the green energy center deals with fossil fuel technologies, energy storage, cybersecurity for, for energy infrastructure, um, energy, water, nexus, etc. So it's really all the hot buttons that are being pressed at the same time. I'm wondering how you managed to push so many buttons at the same time. So can we start off? Just give me a little bit about you two minutes, you know, where you come from. When did you break into the clean tech space? Um, is it just through this latest energy center or was it before? And then I want to start exploring the vision of BIRD, what you guys are doing, how you're impacting, and then I'm going to get to some more challenging questions. Awesome. So a little bit about myself. Um, my name is Limor. I was work I'm working for the BIRD Foundation for quite a long of time. Um, my background is actually uh, in finance. Uh, but then I joined the Ministry of uh, Economy. I joined the cadet course. Uh, and then I was sent to be economic counsel for Israel in Atlanta and Chicago. And afterwards, I joined the Bird Foundation as the representative in the United States. Um, so in 2010, I came back to Israel and I continued working for the Bird Foundation. Um, our role is to foster and cultivate and fund collaboration between Israeli and American companies, developing new technologies and bringing it to market. And we do that by making introductions, by creating a lot of events where people can uh, meet one another, whether it's in person or in Zoom nowadays. Uh, but we also have the ability to fund those partnerships. Uh, we fund up to 50% of the research and development costs associated with the joint project, or up to a million and a half, in most cases it's, it's around a million dollars, um, that funds the project itself. We don't fund the companies, uh, we don't invest in the companies, but we fund the joint project, um, which means that this is non-dilutive funding that goes into the R&D work of two companies from Israel and the United States, uh, that together they're going to develop a product, technology, a platform, and commercialize it. 
Um, so um, through the U.S.-Israel Financial Research and Development Foundation, we have two cycles a year where we publish calls for proposal uh, and call companies uh, to reach out to us. Uh, we do a lot of work of introductions, but a lot of the time companies also meet one another and just come to us um, to submit a proposal and ask for the funding. Um, and we also manage uh, another program, which is called Bird Energy, and I actually manage this program uh, within the foundation. And Bird Energy is a very unique program that began officially in 2009. So I've been involved uh, with the energy sectors, I think, since 2006, when we realized me, my boss, Eitan Udilevich, Dr. Eitan Udilevich and myself, um, that in America, they're talking a lot about energy security. That was a big issue um, that was mentioned um, by congressmen, senators, et cetera. And there's all kinds of uh, foundations uh, who uh, were established uh, to promote the topic of energy security. And from energy security, um, which meant at that time the dependence on oil, um, we, uh, the, US, the Ministry of Energy in Israel, together with the DOE, established uh, an agreement um, to, uh, to foster a collaboration and, and technology development. And uh, in 2009, the Bird Energy Program uh, was initiated. We received funding uh, from the DOE and from the Ministry of Energy in Israel and later from the Israel Innovation Authority. And since then, our role is to promote, cultivate, and fund um, joint development of technologies in related to um, energy sector. Uh, it started by focusing mainly on renewable energy and efficiency, uh, but over the years, the whole topic of green technology and climate tech has definitely evolved. Mm -hmm. um, and we added a lot more topics, um, which are you know, water energy nexus, um, elect uh, electric vehicles, um, et cetera. Um, on top of that, uh, we are also managing uh, the U.S.-Israeli Energy Center, um, which is a, a different program, uh, also funded by the Department of Energy uh, in America, the Ministry of Energy in Israel, and the Israel Innovation Authority. And this, in this particular program, we fund consortium. We fund um, the American consortium and the Israeli consortium. Uh, it's a mix of companies together with academia that are focused to develop technologies in four specific areas, um, energy storage, um, uh, cybersecurity for critical infrastructure, water energy, nexus, and also fossil energy. Okay, so can I, can I thank you. <laughs> I want to just butt in on one or two questions there. And it's actually, um, I think I personally need to understand this better. When we talk about investing, not in companies, but in projects, um, I want to understand maybe through an example how this would look. Now, let me let me just put an example forward, right? We're talking about, say, um, an Israeli startup that has a great new technology idea, um, and yet they are thinking to themselves, how do I develop this little project? And you come and bring along things like the National Security Directory and the U.S. Department of Energy and all these big, huge feeling organization in terms of putting this kind of worldview of these big big governmental organizations together with the world of startups and in and together with that understanding when you say you're investing in a project or in a collaboration what does that look like you're not investing in the company you're not taking stock so you're not taking ip so the floor is yours so i'll give you an example i think it's a, a lot easier to understand it when you give you an example of you know projects um 
So this Israeli, there was an Israeli company called Panoramic, Panoramic Power, um, an Israeli startup um, that um, uh, developed self-powered uh, wireless sensors that facilitate load management in commercial buildings. So to make it simple, they developed a very small, unique um, sensor that do not need any energy, that you put them on a circuit in um, electricity systems of the buildings or hospitals, and you can find out um, whether you the, 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 whether the work is done, the load is, is done, um, is expected, um, whether there's also all kinds of problems, when there's all kinds, when you can predict uh, all kinds of problems uh, in the uh, systems of uh, hospitals or large uh, buildings. Um, and they needed to work with American company in order to do their pilot in the United States and to show mm. that the technology is working. So they collaborated with an American company uh, called Mazetti Nash Lipstein Birch, a company based in California. And it was a very successful project because they were able to implement and demonstrate their technology together with the American company uh, in a hospital, a very large hospital in the United States. And through the success of this project, eventually the Israeli company in this case was acquired by a large a company called Centrica. Uh, Centrica um, utilized uh, the Israeli company and opened an R&D, global R&D center here in Israel. And also later, Centrica became very much involved in the Israeli market. They have their own uh, venture capital investing in Israeli companies. So this is an, a very, an example of a partnership between an American company and an Israeli company. In this case, it was the Israeli startup um, that demonstrated the project and technology in America. Um, um, and through the success of their demonstration project, they were able to grow and, and, and eventually also uh, raise additional funds uh, be bought by a large uh, corporation, etc. But we're not only working with Israeli startups. Hold on, but but sorry, sorry to cut you there. Yeah. So I understand, and I'm, I'm, it sounds like a great um, kind of outcome. But where did Bird then make their contribution? What was your special thing that you added to the suit? So we funded the project. The funding was up to one million dollar. The funding went to fund the research and development cost of the Israeli company and also the American company. And in the end of the day, if the project is successful and generates revenue, then the companies have to repay us back 5% of the sales um, of the project that we funded. If for whatever reason the project was not successful, then the companies do not have to repay us back. So this is non-dilutive funding. It's a conditional grant that goes directly to fund R&D costs. Um, but it's a unique model because we don't get any equity in the companies involved with the project. And the project is also very important, uh, must be very important for the companies in their development uh, and their growth. So project can be either the joint development, um, integrating of new technology, of two new technologies and become, you know, innovative technology that needs to be implemented, whether it's Israel or United States. Um, it could be demonstration projects of technologies that are being developed together. It could be a lot of things. The idea is that we fund those two companies who want to work together and we give funding directly to the project itself 
and we basically share the risk for the companies involved. Okay. Now, let me ask you something. You've been at this for many years, at least Bird has, right, and you. Now, I assume there have been some successes. I don't know what the numbers are. What, and then you're earning kind of 5% of, um, you know, kind of take-homes or take you know, from, from success of sales and things. Does that money then come into you guys and gets recycled into new projects? Exactly. We are funded by the, um, by, by the government of Israel and the government of the United States. Um, our job is to cultivate the, the partnership um, that will generate new innovative technology. So, so the Bird Foundation was established by the US government and the Israeli government. And both governments put together an endowment of $110 million in okay. 1977 and in 1984. We used the interest of this uh, funding plus repayments from successful projects okay. to fund new, te new technology. Fantastic. Yes. It's obviously uh, carrying on the project. So we're talking about there have been some successes over the years, I assume. Yeah? How many have you had? Yes, we've been, when we measure success, we usually measure success by the repayments. Yes. Um, so over the years, more than $380 million were given um, to companies and we received back around a um, third of it, uh, $120 million which means that third of the project that we funded, in a nutshell, but maybe less, um, were able to generate revenue. And we received 5% of this amount going back into the foundation to fund additional projects. With regard oh. to programs like Bird Energy that we're funding, we usually have funding specifically allocated for this program, for example, every year, uh, we received $4 million uh, from the Israeli government and the U.S. government uh, to fund projects related to uh, bird energy or the bird homeland security program that we have, um, et cetera. So for the regular bird program, we have uh, an endowment that we use. And for the additional programs that we manage that focus specifically on sectors, um, every year uh, we get funding from the Israeli government and the U.S. government. Okay, so maybe I'll make a segue from that. Yes. into one of my questions, which was, I wanted to like, I always ask, what is it, uh, if you compare um, the level of Israeli innovation today compared to, well, you seeing American innovation and global innovation and the entrepreneurs, et cetera, I'm wondering if you could not just give me a feeling, okay, which is also what I want to hear, but like, are there similar bird type of operations between America and other countries? And you can kind of look at the data and see, has the Israeli track been better or worse than other tracks between other countries in America? So there's nothing like bird. That's what's unique and special. We can't have anything to compare with because this is a very unique foundation and mm -hmm. it's also based on a very strong relationship uh, between Israel and the United States. And also, when you think about it, this whole program began in 1977 at that time, there was no Israeli high tech, definitely not as it is yeah. mentioned and presented today. The ability of the Israeli ecosystem to grow, innovate, create unique technologies, build and establish companies and have an amazing reputation these days uh, that continue to attract investments from all over the world, this is definitely very unique to Israel. So I don't know about other countries who have such an amazing <clears throat> stories, 
Mm -hmm. um, but we have definitely something to be proud of. That, that's amazing. I love that positive note. I'm always trying to find that secret sauce, right? And uh, I know from, a, from, from my work in patents, it's like kind of, give me the secret sauce. I don't want to hear generic stuff. I want to hear real, 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 real secrets, right? So, so that's cool. Um, I'm wondering about another thing as well. You know, uh, I've heard I think recently. Really, I think it is really the culture. In the end of the day, it really has to do with, with the Israeli culture, which is also very unique. This is the secret sauce. There's no, and, and when you say secret sauce, it's really a mixture of a lot of things. Um, we're talking about the, the, the go-getter mentality that exists in Israel is very unique. The partnership between the people, the ability to share information with one another is extraordinary. I worked in Chicago. I was the head of the trade commissioners uh, of, of many uh, states and countries that were established in Chicago. And I can tell you, they were amazed to see how much information and free information we share with the companies and how much you know, the, the, the CEOs of Israeli companies share with one another. There's no true story. You know, in, in other countries, there's a lot of competition. So people are always hide information from one another. Um, it does not exist in Israel. And this is definitely part of our success of success. People share information with one another. It's really interesting that you said that, Limor. I'm, I'm like, you know, that, that's a very interesting point to, to relate to, okay? I know, like, once again, I'm not trying to put on the IP stuff so, so much here, but there's this aspect where, you know, a lot of companies, they come to the table at the beginning with an idea, with a, a concept, and there is that moment of being scared to talk about it, that moment of what to do now, who can I speak to, who can I trust? Um, and even in Israel, where I think... As you spoke about, there's a, there's a very small community feel. We all know each other, right? Anyway, so so saying like, you know, from the, that IP side, often we have to um, kind of say, listen, let's at least get that provisional out so that you're at least enabled to speak more and be free because the cost of holding it inside is great, it's substantial. You're wasting a lot of time and energy by keeping too secretive. You want to get corporations, you want to find partners, you want to move, right? So it's quite an important aspect that we're mentioning over there. So one of my personal challenges has always been as well, how to keep up the momentum. It's one thing to have a successful breakthrough period, but how do we keep doing it? And I'm quite, I'm, I'm amazed and humbled by the fact that it's actually been working and working remarkably well for quite a while, you know? And I don't know what it's really, I mean, besides the suggestion that you had earlier, I'm still trying to find out why that is. I mean, my kids now have, um, you know, some, I've got, I've got a couple. So some of them have already gone through and got to university. And I keep thinking to myself, maybe in university, they teach them something special because it wasn't in school. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what the answer is, but I hope we can keep on doing it. So I'm on, I'm on a mission to kind of like try and, as I said, um, really focus the energies and leverage them because we, we can't afford to relax. We can't afford to chill out and say, oh, look how great we are. Um, I think we'll be dropped immediately if we do that. So, um, I, and I, I'm, I'm hoping that your efforts, and I'm, I'm, su I'm suggesting over the years, have been, as I said, special relationships, which have enabled such a thing. So uh, keep it up, you know? Thank you. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Cultivating talent and workforce is a crucial issue. And especially when we're talking about grid technology, if it's a very multidisciplinary area. So you need um, workforce and talent and, in different areas. And yes, I agree. I think it's important to cultivate it from young age. Um, I think that the army is doing an amazing job. 
um, in, among the Israeli uh, society, uh, meaning that it exposed a lot of uh, our kids or young people uh, to different technologies and the importance of it. Uh, but I think specifically when we're talking about green technology or climate technology, um, it definitely needs multidisciplinary capabilities and skill set. And this is something that we definitely have to continue, uh, or maybe not just continue, maybe increase our investments um, in our kids and in our young youth, so they will join um, this revolution. Yeah, absolutely. I think a point you made about the army has also been a point of fascination often with me because they're doing something amazing there, right? Because somehow, um, you know, we know the cyber units have become bigger and bigger and are doing amazing things. Um, I obviously we've also I don't know where you are with your kids, but um, but, you know, I've got two kids in the army at the moment. And um, this challenge we often have today is like what Cravio Modi'in, right, to go for, uh, you know, security or, or to go for whatever active, uh, you know, fighting units or to go for intelligence units. And it's interesting because, you know, the pathway that some of my kids have been is more in the fighting side. And yet even inside of that. There are lots of intelligence applications and civil applications. And so it may well be that uh, it seems like there's a lot of integration going on. So it's just interesting. I can't speak about it more, but, um, but there's something special about the army and its function, both of bringing people together, kind of um, giving everyone opportunities to a large degree. It's a great opportunity. It's, it's an incredible opportunity maker. So um, yeah, it's something interesting. Now, Limor, let me move on to, I wanna challenge you with an example of something, okay? I think, I think our listeners um, could maybe appreciate some kind of, uh, you know, example, which I want to throw at you. Now, for example, we got some, and they come to us sometimes, these, uh, you know, entrepreneurs with a nice new idea. And sometimes that idea is mind-blowing and transformative, and sometimes it's, um, it's uh, evolving from one step ahead of the, of the previous stage. Um, now, if someone comes like on that level and they say to me, Yaron, you know, here's this like, great idea. So besides talking about patents, um, I want to kind of direct them in a certain way and say, you know, you've got to get funding, obviously, but you also got to speak to the right people. Now, uh, a, um, a foundation like Bird, would you, what, at what stage do you kind of embrace someone and say, you know, we can take you from here onwards, or these are the challenges, go home and do homework. Who, what would your initial advice if they come to you at that early phase and say, I've got a great idea, what are you going to say to them, Audi? What are your priorities and what are you going to tell them to go and do? So I'll be honest, Bird Foundation is supporting companies when they already have more than just an idea. Mm -hmm. um, in order to create partnership, you need to have a valid idea that at least was tested in the lab. Um, because you want to introduce your technology to another partner. You want to try to convince him uh, or this, the company to work with you. So you have to have something that is far more established. But I will tell companies that in Israel, there's a lot of resources um, that can support them. You have the Israel Innovation Authority that can actually support um, the and give you initial funding through the NUFA program. There's additional funding that you can reach from the Israel uh, Innovation Authority um, throughout the development stage of the company. And I think it's important to reach out to um, those organizations because they evaluate the te your technology, but that can also give you some additional ideas and thoughts. There are additional resources like different communities that exist in Israel. For example, in healthcare, there is a community. There's a community in energy. Uh, yeah. I've been to a community called Women in Energy. 
So it's important to get connected to those communities because you can get an amazing network and you can actually exchange your ideas and you can ask questions and people are very much willing to support one another. So I think it's important to get connected with the appropriate network. Um, in addition, um, there's other ministries that are trying to promote their particular sector. So find out where is the sector that you want to uh, be involved in and find out who is the, the network or the community that you need to be connected with. Because just like I said before, um, one thing amazing about the Israeli culture is that you really truly share information with one another. Um, and so these are really crucial steps to do. There's also different technological incubators where you can get actually funding um, sure. and you can actually be there for two or three years until you develop the, the technology, et cetera. And you can also work with the angel network to raise additional funds. So yes, it's not an easy way. I'm not going to tell you it's, you know, when development is, is not an, an easy way, there's a lot of challenges. And I can also tell you that, you know, many people or many entrepreneurs starts with one particular ideas and the ideas are, are being evolved. It's never the same ideas that they thought of in the beginning. And I think it's important to, to understand that you need to learn the market, you need to learn the challenges, and you need to uh, absorb and collect a lot of uh, information uh, from your peers. Okay, now let me let me ask one more thing here because what from our earlier come from the conversation earlier on, you mentioned like you guys have had a remarkable, successful kind of a, a rate of success. Uh, kind of a third, or I don't know exactly how we translate that to data, but roughly a third of projects that you've invested in have kind of succeeded in actually commercial, commercializable and actually making money, which sounds amazing. Now, you mentioned earlier on as well that you kind of try and embrace transformational technology. You know, it's, it's uh, um, are you guys, because what the reason why I'm asking about this is because if you're embracing transformational technology, it's pretty much higher risk than kind of evolving technology. So is that what you're actually looking at? Are you looking at kind of radical shifts in technology? Is that more where you where you're backing your horses? Let me tell you, we've done the research here and we found that it takes at least five to seven years until you actually um, commercialize the project successfully. Mm -hmm. So in many cases, we give the funding to the companies in their stage where they know they anticipated a commercial outcome by the end of the project, and it never happens because it takes much longer time to get um, to the market. Yeah. Um, so people need to understand that. And we have the patience and we have the, the ability uh, to wait. Um, and the, the whole idea is really to support the partnership and not necessarily making a lot of money out of it. So it's a different type of mechanism than venture capitals or, or other organizations that exist in the market. Um, in general, when you bring a technology, we are interested in funding riskier and innovative technology. If there is particular areas where you can get funding from the private sectors, um, then we're definitely going to tell companies that it's a lot easier to get funding from the private sectors uh, for it. And our board uh, probably uh, will be less interested in funding um, such uh, projects because we want to fund projects that are innovative and also have social value um, that can also uh, impact the economy, etc. So we're looking for riskier type of partnership, um, but we're looking for something that can actually create a much larger impact. Sometimes the projects are very successful and sometimes they're less successful, but, some, but throughout the process of the development, the companies learn a lot about the market. And then, you know, maybe the next stage is really 
uh, updating their technologies and, and changing the, the, the path to market, et cetera. So there's a lot of uh, lesson learned throughout the process. And I think that's what, what I'm trying to uh, explain. People always think that success happens within one day, within a very short time. And this is not the case. Um, it takes a lot of learning, specific work, and, and partnership and sharing information and collecting information from one another in order to be successful. You know, uh, your, your patience is quite refreshing, uh, you know, in terms of a long-term approach, and especially in the energy sector, you know, in the green tech sector, um, we, we, we're in a long-term project. You know, we're looking towards 20 years now uh, where we want to try and be, uh, you know, net zero. And we're talking about long-term changing of infrastructures and changing of big things. So I think we need that, you know, especially in the sector, there will be certain product companies that can offer a quick solution to the market. But uh, you guys are looking at, um, at bigger, more ambitious things, it seems, uh, which, is, which is really important, okay? So, you know, if I had to take that same entrepreneur now, right, who's hunting around to see how can they make their impact, they just really want to make their impact, right? So now that, that entrepreneur who's saying, I just want to make the world greener, help me do this, okay? And they, they do their initial research, they, do their, they get their initial funding, and then they come to Bird later on and they say, Bird, we are ready, help me fly. Is that your pitch? So let me tell you something. I see a lot of companies. Some are very interesting. Some are less. Some have a lot more work to be done. It's not just prepare. It's just it's not just making the world greener. It's really in the end of the day showing the return of on investment. And how can you um, calculate this return of on investment and bring partners that will help you um, solve this problem, develop it, but also install it, deploy it, demonstrate it, and then sell it. So for all those entrepreneurs who are active in energy, I think they need to have a lot of patience and understanding that there's a long way waiting for them. And there's also the issues of regulatory issues, which is sometimes companies are not very much aware of it. Uh, In every part of the world in every country, there's different regulatory mechanism, and it's important to, to learn it, understanding, and also find partners that will show you the way um, in, in, your, in your development and bringing the product to market. So it's a longer um, time to market, and it's also required a lot of um, capacity building. When companies come to us, they come in different stages. And then we're starting brainstorming. Where is your market? Um, what is the ROI that you can bring the companies? What is the added value, the true added value you bring in to with the utilities or other customers in the target market? Uh, we're trying to uh, figure it out uh, where are the challenges and what is the, 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 the most appropriate partner that you want to work with? And then we start a process Right now, I'm just working with an Israeli company that is interested in working with utilities. And we, on their behalf, we're reaching out to different utilities to present their technology. They're, in my view, amazing technology. And it takes time because you will reach out to those companies that have an immediate pain that they want to solve. Uh, I believe in their technology. I think they bring a lot of value. But on the other side, um, companies will talk to you if they have an immediate pain that they need to solve immediately. It's not good enough that you have a great technology that can predict uh, you know, uh, problems and, and, 
and save money. They, they want to see something that they need immediately, that maybe the regulatory authorities are requiring them to have that solution, etc. So it's a lot more complex. It's not just about having an amazing technology. It's really solving an immediate problems of your customer and making sure that, that you're reaching out to the, to the company that has that particular pain that they need to solve immediately. Uh, it's also an issue of, of timing. Um, our job is really to talk to companies, and we also talk with American companies, not only talking with, with Israeli companies. We just, my colleague, uh, Andrea Yona, um, visited um, American companies who were exhibiting an ARPA-E uh, exhibition. And ARPA-E is an is organization funded uh, by the DOE to fund early stage technology in the United States. And it was amazing to meet with companies who are interested in working with Israeli companies that can help them to further develop their technology and bring it into the market. So we're working on both sides and we're trying to assist both sides by making those introductions and making those calls. And I think it's just like I said before, it's really important to be able to share information about your technology and have a very uh, clear cut pitch. Uh, we'll also explain what are the ROI that you bring in, in, in the end of the day. And our job is really to make those introductions, whether those introductions continue, it's really depending upon the company, et cetera. Um, but my job is really to make those introductions, to create those um, meetings um, between the companies uh, and help them to, to get to know one another. Okay, so I mean, that, that's one of the things. So our, our entrepreneur understands that Bird at a certain right stage and phase has got um, an ability to kind of access um, you know, market makers and, and substantial test sites and things in America. It's just interesting for me to ask. I mean, America is a big country, lots of states over there. Um, and how many people are there? How many people have Bird got on the ground in America who are helping with this process, which sounds like a substantially large process? So we have three wonderful women who are working uh, for the Bird Foundation, the part of the Bird Foundation, uh, Andrea Iona, which is based in New Jersey, um, Shiri Ford Koren, which is based in Texas, and also Amaya Vardy Shatana, which is based, who is based uh, in uh, California. But we have an amazing network. We're working with the Israel Economic Commission that is, that is based in the United States. We're working with the America Israel Chamber of Commerce or other organizations who are promoting a economic relationship between Israel and the United States. Many of those organizations they are part of our a network. They are our local representative uh, in the United States. So and we're utilizing also people that we know of all the years, like, you know, economic development organizations um, of different states, um, and, and et cetera. So we okay. have a very strong network in the United States. And we also do, I have to also admit, we do a lot of cold calls, reaching out to companies directly, explaining what's the benefit for them uh, in meeting the Israeli companies and getting funded uh, through the Bird Foundation, and we do that as well. Um, so our job is really to to create this platform for introductions, um, and we try our best uh, to do that. Fantastic. Now, um, I promised you that we're not going to take too long on the call, so I need to actually come to a closing. Um, we could keep on chatting for a while, but I want to ask you in closing, um, a little challenge I have is that uh, I'm sure you, in your individual capacity as well, wanting to make an impact and change the world in the nicest of ways. Um, and I'm sure you're coming across some obstacles and obstructions. So if I had to offer you a magic wand and say, Limo, you can wave this wand twice, maybe three times if you're really insistent. 
to give yourself some special entrance into some new skill or ability, what would you kind of bring to the table and say, I want to change this? Oh, wow. It's a tough one. <laughs> um, we mentioned workforce or talent. So definitely w cultivating this um, talent from an early age um, in the Israeli um, schools, because I think this part is missing. And I think, a, you know, I think it's really very important um, um, to get the young generation excited about this topic, but also a, have certain skills and knowledge that are necessary in order to, to, to build uh, the market in the long term. In addition, just like we mentioned before in the Israeli army, I think it makes such a huge impact uh, on Israeli society, creating more um, technology uh, organizations within the IDF that will cultivate the development of new technologies, whether in, in, in related to energy, environment, etc. So you can not just you know develop it or, or deploy it, um, but creating the the base of knowledge and, and partnership um, between um, the soldiers, because as I seen, as, as I, we have seen in different areas like cyber security, this is very crucial and important. Mm. Yeah. And also bring funding. At the end of the day, we need funding to cultivate those projects. We need relationship with large organizations all around the world and creating partnership. I mean, I'm very proud of the partnership we have with the United States. If we could create more partnership with additional um, states under the hospitals of the United States, that will be amazing and that will bring a lot more value uh, for all the countries and, and the states that are involved. Well, that's fantastic because, uh, you know, as we speak, uh, you know, Joe Biden's arriving in Israel uh, for, a, for a two, three day visit, hoping to be able to connect on various levels as well as focus on the kind of um, furthering, you know, of the Abraham Accords, um, you know, which is kind of suddenly opening up a whole new market and a whole new world to us, which we were isolated from for a long time. Um, I, I just actually heard this morning on one of the programs that was playing, you know, Joe Biden's been around for a long time. Uh, he's met with uh, almost every prime minister for many years. And I remember he, he quotes some time when he was sitting with Golda Meir and he was kind of like asking Golda Meir, um, you know, what is it? What makes you guys so special? What's like, what, where's your strength from? Um, and he was trying to get some insights into what new military hardware we had developed. So Golda Paul turns around and says to him, um, yes, Joe, we have got a secret weapon. So he's like, all ears up. Huh? Okay, I'm getting some real information now. What's the secret weapon? And she turns around and says to him, see, Joe, we've got nowhere else to go. You know? Um, so sometimes been pushed into a tight corner and uh, all the pressures that the world has given, uh, given us and given us a hard time with, sometimes we've had to rebound with some major innovation. Um, anyway, I'm hoping that the trend will continue even with, uh, with less external pressure. But, um, you know, I, I would just want to say well done to you, kudos to you guys at Bird and you individually for being part of this effort and being um, a part for so many years in pushing the Israeli tech ecosystem to really be global and to make a difference, make an impact. And uh, I can't um, underestimate the strength of that relationship. It's critical. It's so great to know that such organizations are existing and such corporations are flourishing. So keep it up, keep it up. So Limor, I wanna thank you so much for your time, okay? After all of your busyness with the uh, new fundings and everything else that's going on, I appreciate it so much. 
And on that note, just wishing you guys all the best. We look forward to being in touch and cooperating wherever possible. And uh, look forward to great things coming out of the Israeli community, the American community, and the green tech community, because we've got a lot of hard work to do to make our planet uh, safer and more beautiful than ever before. Amen. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Green Focus. We hope you were inspired by the episode. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts in order to stay updated when future episodes are released.